Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hi everyone, it's Saturday, and we're here again with Nine Bob Note. I am Paul Isles Rush, and I'm Ken Moss. And this week, it's the turn of Ken Moss to choose what we're going to pick. So it's over to you, Ken. Simon Callow. <laughs> ah, with the, the deepest of breaths. I must have been one of the few people that didn't get that Simon Callow's character and John Hannah's character were a couple in Four Weddings. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's the ignorance of teenage youth. Um, but it's, I think it's safe to say that he's become quite a, um, a gay champion over the years. And he's mm. been, um, you can fill me in on the history of his, his work and, and what have you. But he seems to be, have become more and more, when the time arrives, I mean, it's not somebody I hear about all the time. But when the time arises, he's, uh, he's on platforms, he'll, he'll make speeches, he gets invited to events. And he is, he's one of those old gay actors now, like um, the, the national treasure that is Sir Ian <laughs> McKellen, who gets... Um, wheeled out when they want somebody old and gay on a chat show. Absolutely. Um, But recently he said something that not everybody's gone along with, and I'm sure you can help me out here. I was just wondering what the, um, from the gay world, what the the response has been, because it seems to have been pretty mixed from what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, so some of the phrases that he's used are a strange turn to the tyrannical. So he's been attacking Stonewall, the LGBT charity. And basically because uh, one of the things that uh, Stonewall advocate is that trans people should be able to, or in fact, any people should be able to identify as whatever, not whatever they want, but uh, in terms of gender and sexual orientation, uh, what they've said is if somebody says, you know, if I came to you now and said, I'm a trans woman, Mm. please call me Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, surely, isn't it? (laughs) Then that is as far as I need to go. I I can then identify as a trans woman and I don't need to take any more steps. Obviously, most trans people or a lot of trans people would then take steps in terms of therapy, in terms of medical treatment, you know, and things like that. But I would become a trans woman as soon as I self-identified as that. Right, okay. And Simon Cowell thinks that that's tyrannical and is extremely dangerous to young people. It's not how I was reading it. I think it's sort of venturing into the, uh, probably the rolling area, as you would call it, where (laughs) it was, the way I was reading the situation was that he was raising the question of raising the question about women who, it looks like part of a broader discussion, but that was homed in on as... He didn't like the fact that it was unacceptable to raise the question about women wanting women's only spaces and being uncomfortable with trans women who, I, 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 again, the, the minute details are, as with all media um, furore like this, they, the, the actual precise details are reduced to out-of-context soundbites. But the, the one thing, the one soundbite I did quite like this is just tyranny. It's what we fought against all our lives. People saying this cannot be discussed. Yes, it can be discussed. Everything can be discussed. And it was, I think, um, what I took away from it, picking through the bones of Twitter and any number of newspaper articles, was that there does seem to be, and I've said this before as well, 
this pushback against asking the questions or discussing things that it's sensitive and it needs to be discussed in a sensitive way but there shouldn't be anything if, if something is sensitive it should be able to be asked and discussed in a reasonable measured manner without yeah i mean there's there are there's a couple of things first of all uh a 72 year old cisgender man <laughs> has absolutely no uh, no place to, to comment on things like that. Probably equally as we don't have uh, the right in, in, Yes, entirely. Um, but it's just this thing where people feel like they can say anything that they want. And then as soon as you call them out for it, they say, oh, well, you know, I, I should be allowed to say that. Uh, for people, and, you know, he's in this context, he's referring to the likes of J.K. Rowling and mm. her her cronies, who when when they say we want female only places, they mean they don't mean women only places, and they don't they they specifically excluding trans women, and they because they think that the inclusion of trans women into the category of females or women threatens them as women. And they always use the same argument. What if this trans woman isn't really a trans woman? It's just a man dressing up in a dress so that he can come into the the girl's toilets and rape me. It exists as a minute possibility. I don't think there's a... On the flip side of that coin, in a former life, we had to segregate the saunas. It used to be at the, the local leisure centre, they used to have mixed saunas. And um, these these were not Swedish saunas. There was a, you know, <laughs> sort of going there in, you know, in, in uh, swimming costumes and shorts and things. Yeah. Uh, but there was a problem with a specific demographic of the male population uh, who were taking diabolical liberties. And as a result of that, that did have to be. Now, I know that's a completely different thing, but it was a very sensitive subject that nobody wanted to raise. It was one of those things it needed discussing. Nobody really wanted to do it. Again, I need to look into this uh, J.K. Rowling thing because it does keep cropping up as a sort of a, a side eye on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I've not read enough into it to have made an informed judgment. I know that uh, apparently she's written great lengthy blog posts on the, the topic. I, I really should take the time to read it for the podcast. I can summarise it for you. I know you can summarise <laughs> it. I want, to, I want to see the actual words. And, and, horrendous bigots. Oh, I want to see the actual words. I'm not going into this uh, blinkered. I want to go into it with an open mind and read the words. But on the flip side of that coin, I agree. If you're going to have male and female changing rooms, the female should include transgender women. That is what they have identified as. That is that is what they're more comfortable as. I get it. On the flip side of that coin, again, I don't know, um, but presumably out there somewhere, there are women that are uncomfortable with the idea of that. I don't know how many have, have raised the question or feel they can raise the question, but I think that the problem comes if you can't raise the question, if you are deemed transphobic for raising that question, in just the same way as if, you know, I can't imagine there are too many men would be terrified of a of a, a trans woman walking in and, and uh, into the male changing room. I, I just can't see that happening somehow. But the the question or the discussion should not be off limits without being demonised as this is transphobic, if it's just a source of, well, hang on a minute, I am a little bit uncomfortable with this, can we please talk about it? But why Why would a woman be uncomfortable with a trans woman being in the same changing rooms as her? Well, imagine, uh, you know, you, you've got um, somebody identifies as a trans woman, they go into the, the female changing rooms, and they are 
pre-op, it might be a little bit intimidating or, or uncomfortable. So don't look at the genitals. No, no, no. <laughs> this is this is where it comes from. With the and the whole changing room and the toilet thing is who goes into these changing rooms and looks at other. You, the, when you go into a changing room and if there's if there's any situation, you're like in a gym and you have to have a shower. And you go and you get dressed as quickly as possible. Mm, yes. Uh, and and yes. You, you don't make eye contact with anyone. You don't look at anyone. <laughs> it, it, who are these women who are going in going, oh, you know, it, it's just, there's no, they, these people, they don't exist. And if they do, they're in the wrong. Oh, you can't say somebody's in the wrong for having a feeling about something and wanting to discuss it. I mean, it's not for us to judge whether there are women out there that do genuinely feel like that, but for them not to be able to to at least air their opinions and their concerns, or this makes me... We've, we've touched on this before, or I've touched on this before, that if somebody feels uncomfortable about something, no matter what they are, they should be able to raise it without being demonised. My worry with the world in general, a couple of weeks ago we've had some furore in uh, Sheffield where Roy Chubby Brown has been banned from the the public city hall from performing at the, the public theatre or something. And he's not particularly to my taste. I can't say that I've ever... Uh, I've seen more than five, ten minutes of material in my life. It's not for me. But once you start down that route of... You can't discuss this. This is off limits. You can't have this. It becomes a little... You're pushing back the other way where the very thing that you've been campaigning for, which is, you know, tolerance and free speech, you start pushing back if people cannot ask questions. That's that's my only concern. I personally do not have any concerns <laughs> that uh, armies of trans women are wandering in, waving their penises <laughs> about in female changing rooms and toilets. And, I'm sure it happens all the time. I'm going <laughs> to rape you all. I don't think I don't believe that for a second. But for, <laughs> oh gosh, how has this podcast ended up here? <laughs> but my overriding concern with any 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 time a topic like this rears its head is that for. Anybody that might even have a question about it, you daren't raise the question because you are transphobic. That's it's it's so binary. Uh, the opinions you're either all against or all for. There's no grey area. I don't think that's overly healthy for measured discussion. Yeah. I'm not talking about Piers Morgan <laughs> level of debate. No, but. I do get it. Going back to the change rooms, if there if there was a woman who felt uncomfortable, then she shouldn't be looking at w- women's <laughs> penises. Then, but also, but it's the fact that the likes of Rowling and Callow use this and Morgan use this as an excuse <laughs> to <alarm>. say <laughs> they use it and they they say. Well, well, we just we just can't say anything anymore. We can't say anything. It's like no, no, you absolutely can, and you can open things up for debate. But the existence of women, of transgender women, is not something that's open for debate. And their right to be women isn't something that's open for debate. Whether you're a billionaire author or some washed up old queen who's desperate for a headline, I get that there's there's space for debate about some things. But what they try and do is they work on those 
with those worries and those insecurities and make it out to be a massive problem. So, mm. the, you know, the woman that you used in your example who's a bit uncomfortable, mm. what she would probably do in real life is, pro- is think, oh, well, next time I go to the gym, I'm going to go into a cubicle and get changed. Mm. And, just, and she probably wouldn't mention it or anything like that. But Rowling and her cronies have jumped on that and said, this poor, this poor frightened woman, you know, she's... And, that's not how people are. She she's not scared of being attacked or anything. She just doesn't like looking at penises. <laughs> but it's the way that it's twisted round by these people. It's not we can't have a debate about anything. It's people like that who they say whatever they want and as soon as they're called out on it, they they're like, "Oh, well there's just no point we're not allowed to debate anything anymore." And there's certain things that aren't open for debate. Oh, we have different. <laughs> oh, we have different views on this. I, I, I like debate on everything to be out in the open, so long as it's measured. What I don't agree with, and I'll never agree with, and this is on both sides of the spectrum. I, I hasten to add <laughs> on any topic where you get the hysterical ones who they're not raising a sensible, measured point. They're just hysterical and uh, or sensational, and that's not the best way to resolve anything or, or have a, a good discussion or debate or on anything. Yeah, absolutely. Like in, in the case, although I don't like to mention her, I've mentioned her about five times. <laughs> but in the case, the case of Rowling, the things that she has said, and the people always say, "Oh, you've, you know, you've just read into what she said." But no, she said it and backed it up, and then gone back and you know tread over it again and again to reinforce. No, no, this is actually what I think. <laughs> this is actually what I mean. But for her to then receive death threats and things like that, that's not helpful to <laughs> to anything, is it? Because then you, it's like, well, I don't agree with what she said, but I don't, I don't agree with her being put to death. So and I must be on her side, and then uh, and that's how she builds up this army. But yeah, so yeah, if if you're going to debate something, do it without the hysteria. So I suppose we'll be able to whip out the boas and decide feather or not. It's gone a long way off Simon Callow, but uh, this particular topic is a burning issue. Um, it, it well, I, I think it, it's. We have to be careful because, first of all, what Callow said as possibly, as you say, they've taken out bits to make him, you know, make yeah. it sound worse than it was. And yes, he did, you know, choose his words badly. Or, or maybe he chose them on purpose. I don't think uh, that necessarily what he said is very important. But the fact that we, that this has led on to us talking about, you know, such things, I think makes means that it is it is important. There's been points on both sides. So I'm, I think this is worthy of four feather bowers. See, I, I'm because it's stirred up such feeling, and this is not the first time it's happened, I'm going to nudge this into five territory Ooh. because, purely because of the, particularly in the past few years, this has, has reared its head as a real sort of, you know, trans people have never existed before 2018. These are brand new sets of people. We've never known about them ever in history before. But all of a sudden there's been this explosion of trans rights and a great push forward. And uh, the debates that have, have been had and the, the strength of feeling that is stirred up, admittedly, uh, a lot of people who have absolutely nothing to do with the debate and on Twitter. So we will delete uh, about 90% of the commenters immediately. But if, you, if it's going to be thrashed out, it may as well be thrashed out while it's a, a hot topic yeah. and sensibly for the good of all for the rest of time. Amen.
Well, while we sop up the blood of Christ, uh, <laughs> let's switch on the TV and see what we're watching this <laughs> week. I'm never, ever going to pass up the chance to watch Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, so, yes, that's my hot pick for this week, uh, full of uh, trans issues, uh, a cracking film from 1994, I think. Yes, it was. Because we went to see it about five times. <laughs> yes, yeah, we did. That was, <laughs> of all the films that we, we used to see, we loved that film mm. so much when it came out. But it is brilliant and uh, nothing to do with the topic in hand. Just watch it because it's fantastic. And Simon Callow's it. And Simon Callow's it. He's playing a, playing a hidden game. <laughs> yes, despite the fact that uh, John Hannah's wiping egg off his beard uh, and they're having breakfast together, nope, didn't spot <laughs> this at all. I was, a, I was a callow youth when I was 16. <laughs> and on that note, we'll sign off again. Uh, I will be back next week with more <laughs> more lively debate. More nine-bob noty goodness. That's right. Bye, kids. Bye. <laughs> Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.